welcome to Literacy Ladies Podcast. Uh, my name is Michelle Whitco, and I am a reading specialist in Danbury for the city. And we have our other literacy lady, Dr. Darla Shaw. Hi, Darla. Hi there, Michelle. So today for our listeners, oh boy, we are you are in for such a treat. We're going to talk about comprehension. Comprehension is such a big part of elementary school. It's everything that we teach goes into comprehension. Um, today we're going to be talking about what comprehension can look like and sound like in primary grades, K-1 and 2. And then Dr. Shaw, who is our upper grades expert, is going to share with us how the... Um, upper grades comprehension looks and sounds like. So that should be fun, right, Darla? Oh, the the comprehension can be fun. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so as we have, so for our listeners, as we talk about comprehension in kindergarten and first grade, we have kids who are in our emergent reading stage. So these emergent readers are reading their emergent storybooks. They're reading Three Billy Goats Gruff, Caps for Sale, uh, Pete the Cat, and any other book that has kind of that repeating line. Ooh, Donald Cruz is another good one for freight train and shortcut and trucking and buses. So the kids are reading these emergent storybooks, and we're so happy that they're reading, they're looking at the pages, they're saying the words that come to their minds, looking at the pictures, and they're reading through all of these books. So comprehension at this stage is going to be them reading and thinking about their favorite part, how did the story begin, how did the story end, and telling you something about the story. Now, in upper grades, you talk a lot about answering questions, the who, what, where, when, but in kindergarten, you're asking them about their favorite part. When you were reading Freight Train, what was your favorite part? Oh boy, Pete the Cat, how did that end? Were his friends there? So comprehension is very conversational. It has to do with a lot of oral language and the kids even having the language to tell you about the story. For example, students might say what the beginning of the story sounded like, once upon a time, what the middle sounded like, what happened, and then the end. Sometimes these emergent storybooks have problems and solutions, and the kids will try to tell you about that. Um, But that's what we're looking for with comprehension in that emergent reading stage. As the kids get into first grade, we work more on what is our favorite part. So the kids are reading the stories and telling us, even in nonfiction too, what their favorite part or something that they learned if it's nonfiction. And the kids are sharing their comprehension by telling each other, a partner, telling a teacher. It's a lot of oral language around comprehension. Just to check for understanding, did they know what they were reading about? Um, If it's an emergent storybook like Three Billy Goats Gruff, do they know that trip trap, trip, trap, that repeating line. In first grade, it gets a little bit more advanced and you're asked to retell the events. So you're retelling what happened in that story across your fingers. Retelling um, usually happens after like a level six, which you're from an emergent reader to an early reader. So early readers should uh, should have comprehension of the events, Tell them in somewhat of an order that this happened and then this happened, and then telling about their favorite part or if that story reminds them of anything that's happened to them or anything that um, another story that they have read. 
So in the primary grades, comprehension is mostly oral. It's talking about the story, what happened, making some sort of connection to it. Wow, this reminds me of Pete the Cat. Wow, this reminds me of my first time going to school. So you're asking the kids questions, but you're checking their comprehension to see if they're able to talk about the story, retelling the events, telling their favorite parts. Yes, you've hit on so many important things, Michelle. And today we talk about just right books. Students do not read on a frustrational level. If they're with a teacher, they may be reading on an instructional level slightly ahead of their independent level. But our students know how to find the just right book so that they can comprehend it. It's no good to just read words without any comprehension. And when students do go to a reading, we spend a lot of time making certain they're on the right level book, but also on the vocabulary. I mean, we might take a day to just go over key vocabulary words so they'll understand the story. And the other thing, we're looking for books that will interest them and link to the curriculum, and we've got to provide prior knowledge in many cases. So if the child has no indication of what the reading is going to be about, we've got to do a real song and dance so that they understand the background. And once we have this right level of a book and we have the vocabulary and the prior knowledge, we're really ready to go. But I've seen teachers sometimes, you know, have students read a paragraph, two paragraphs, three paragraphs. The students are having problem with the first sentence. They have to be able to read that sentence, retell it in their own words. Read the next sentence, retell it. We can't go any further than the child is ready to do. And remember, it's all about asking questions today when you read. And we don't want them to just give answers to our questions. We want them to read, come up with their own questions and responses. Uh, Michelle focused on retelling. Oh, my goodness, retelling is so important. That's so much more important than asking one question like, what color was the girl's dress? Describe the appearance of the girl. That's what we're talking about today. But we have something called reciprocal reading, which is so important where the child reads and then retells either mentally, on paper, usually orally, and then say, oh my goodness, I have a question. I don't understand this. Let's go back to the text. Let's clarify. Let's read again. Let's clarify. And then after that, the fourth part is let's predict. Let's see if I can take the clues and go on from there. One of the key things that is when the student is reading particularly nonfiction, say they're reading a book about bats, right away they should be thinking, oh, I want to read and find out where do bats live? Uh, what do they eat? Uh, what are the good things about bats? What are the bad things? You know, how are bats used? Are there myths about bats? So if they're coming up with questions to read for, oh, that is the really astute, smart, upper-grade students. They are reading to answer specific questions that they themselves had produced. 
And Michelle talked also about, you know, sort of remembering and using the five W's and an H. If they're doing nonfiction, sometimes they're all over the place and people say, well, tell me what's important. Tell me what's important can be hard. That's abstract. Can you tell me the when and, and the where and, and the who or the what and the how and the why? That helps them to get started and to come to the main ideas and all. And I think note-taking is so important. Students will tell you, I don't have to take notes. I remember everything. No, I don't think so. And there's going to come a point where you just can't remember anything. And we start off with a web. There's nothing easier than a web. You put animals in the circle. Then you draw branches in the smaller circle. You might put types of animals. And then you might put their uses. And actually, a web can be like a Harvard outline. If you do a good web, it can be a Roman numeral one. It can be an A and so on. Well, and also, Darla, if you do that in primary grades, it could be a picture. It if, could, right. If they're reading a book maybe about the ocean or about sharks, it could be a picture of a big a big shark, a little shark, what sharks look like, what their teeth looks like. So I really like how you said that about webs. I didn't mean to interrupt, but that was... No, no. A no, web no. is a great strategy for primary grades, too. We'll just draw a picture. <laughs> and even we have to worry about the ELL and the special needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have them reading a picture. Let's just read the picture how many things can you find let's list all of the facts Mm -hmm. and actually you can sometimes in some pictures get 70 percent of the facts and then just read for the others or these special needs students have them draw a picture as their comprehension the next stage is to label it the next stage is to write a sentence or two but uh i just wanted to talk about you know what i call the seven c's of comprehension And uh, one is, and you talked about it, Michelle, Mm -hmm. connections, making connections to another book, to themselves, to something in history or current events. And another thing I think that is so important is taking a critical stance. Like you said, Mm -hmm. um, was this a valuable book to read? Would I recommend it to somebody else? And why? Mm -hmm. Taking a stance that's yours with evidence And then we're always comparing and contrasting when we're reading. We're comparing and contrasting settings and characters and books. And that skill we use throughout life. We're looking at characters. We're looking at the characterizations. We're looking at how they change as they go through the story. And I think, Michelle, you mentioned sequence or chronology. Mm -hmm. We have to know the then and after and finally and next And then we have to come to a conclusion, you know, what are the results? What are the themes? What are we taking away from this story? And then, of course, there's the cause and effect of the problem and solution. Those are embedded in every story. And one of the things you'll hear students saying is TTQA. It's just, you know, turn the topic, turn the heading, turn it around, turn it into a question. If I can say one thing to end with, it would be, don't just ask the questions. Have your child, have the student ask their own questions. Have them answer their own questions. They will be doubly as good a reader. 
Wow, I like that, Darla. You know what you talk about, which is so important, is that these are all strategies, these are all comprehension strategies that make kids lifelong readers. And it's so important with nonfiction. And we talk a lot about nonfiction in the upper grades, and we're getting there in the primary grades because nonfiction is so important. And just to kind of piggyback on what you said is that in the primary grades, if it is nonfiction, they can just say, the author taught me about and tell list some facts. They could tell their partner something that they learned. Remember, these books are always teaching books, boys and girls, so what's something that you learned is something a prompt a teacher could say about that. But we're trying to create meaning with these books, and if you're going to become a lifelong reader, you need to make meaning and to make um, connections to these books and something that um, if you're one of our uh avid listeners, when we talk about authors, you can make, um, compare and contrast different books by the same author. Say, I really like this book by Donald Cruz, Shortcut, because I like trains. I really like Freight Train, because I like trains. And I might not like trucks or buses, which are the other Donald Cruz's books, because those are other types of transportation that I don't really like as much as trains. I like trains the best. So we're trying to get our readers to make those connections and to have great comprehension. And just it's so important in the primary grades that we have these conversations and they can still write about things. They can do a sketch and a label. And um, I like how Darla said you could do a sentence after that and just build on it into the upper grades. Second grade is that grade where transitions. You move from pictures and jots and conversations. You move a little bit more into the writing and into the webs and into um, maybe like a book review if you're going to be talking about fiction and your characters. So all things that are important for comprehension because we want our kids to be lifelong readers. And honestly, there's so much good material out there for them to read now um, that there's no reason why they can't be lifelong readers with great material to read. Yeah, I'd just like to say in conclusion for my part, what I always tell my uh, students, particularly the older ones, when you're an adult, you're going to go to the library and hopefully you're going to take part in a book discussion. Mm -hmm. And a book discussion is very open and free-flowing. But you have to have all of these skills embedded mm -hmm. that you know that you can discuss a book. No one's going to have a sheet or a graphic organizer in front of you with all this. This is something you need to internalize comprehension-wise as you go through the grades. Oh, great. That is a good point to have lifelong readers and book club members. Well, thanks for joining us today and thanks for listening to Literacy Ladies and we will see you next time.